Welcome to the Jackson Cloud. I'm Jamin. I'm Casey. And I'm Olivia. Olivia's uh, uh, zooming, skyping, whatever the cool kids say these days. Skyping is FaceTiming, not, not a cool thing. Videoing. Anymore. What do the cool kids say, Olivia? Um, Zoom. All right. Olivia's zooming in, talking to us over the uh, internet here, and we're making our way into Revelation 9, into a new chapter. We started in our last episode talking about the seven trumpets, which in many ways are a reiteration of uh, the seven seals. Uh, we've already we've already seen some of the things play out that we've already seen play out, but uh, what we also find in today's, um, in, in this area is that it's a reiteration, too, of the plagues that happened in the time of Egypt with Moses and all that. So as we make our way into the fifth trumpet, things get a little more detailed. The first four were kind of like, this happened, this happened, this happened. When you get to five, suddenly there's just a lot more happening per trumpet. So we're going to zoom in on the fifth trumpet today. Chapter 9, the fifth angel blew his trumpet, and I saw a star fallen from heaven to earth, and he was given... Uh, and he was given the key to the shaft of the bottomless pit. We're already in the territory where people can say all kinds of things as to what's going on here on complete opposite sides of the spectrum. So let's pause right there. What do you guys see or think just when you hear that passage? Um, key to a bottomless pit. Okay, so keys. Let's actually... Just since you said that. <clears throat> I wanna... Keys. Is that what you're going to say, Olivia? No, 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 no. Um, just before we hear a little bit more about this, I want to, I just need to, like, the picture that came to my mind when we're talking about the keys in the bottomless pit is the scene later in Hercules, the Disney edition, where Hades has the keys and he's going to let out all the monsters from the pit. I mean, that's about what's going to happen here in a second. So you're not <laughs> you're not entirely off from where we're headed here in Revelation. Um, so other times this word key comes up in the Bible. Let's uh, let's get our Greek right. Ready? Please. Please. Well, that's the closest we've been to another. <laughs> so other times the please come up in, in the Bible. Uh, Jesus says, I'll give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Uh, Jesus says, uh, woe to you, lawyers. There's more. Hang on. <laughs> For you have taken away the key of knowledge. Uh, <coughs> Revelation 1, keys of death in Hades. Revelation 3, key of David. Revelation 9, key to the shaft, the bottomless pit. Revelation 20, uh, an angel's coming down from heaven, holding in his hand the key to the bottomless pit in a great chain further confusing us as to what's going on right here. So keys, in other words, they're kind of, they're, they're thematic, right? Key of David, like that has connotations of, we've been waiting for the Messiah who will bring about eternal resurrection and things like that. There's power in these keys. There's themes in these keys. Somebody owns these keys. Christians carry the keys of heaven to unlock heaven where they go, things like that. So power okay. and authority and themes related to that. Well, think of them in your real life, right? What do keys do? They unlock doors. Make my car who turn owns, on. 
Yeah, and who has the keys? Me. You, yeah. Owners or managers? Mm -hmm. So it's in your possession. It's within your power. You're right. So if Jesus gives you the keys of heaven, copies a key for you or whatever, he can do that because he's the one in charge of heaven holding the keys in the first place. Or in Jamin's house case, everybody in the neighbor has the keys. If I make you all keys to my house, yes. Thank you for telling the whole internet (laughs) that. Well, hey, at least we're telling them that your door is locked. Yes. Also, my door is locked, everybody, just so you know. <laughs> I mean, it may as well not be for how many people have a key, but... <laughs> Thanks, guys. Come uh, on. You knew this was going to be a joke that was going to happen. Yeah, I knew it would come back to me. Revelation 20, we have an angel coming down from heaven holding in his hand the key of the bottomless pit in a great chain. Revelation 9, where we currently are, we have a star falling from heaven. Stars are what in Revelation, typically? Spiritual beings. Spiritual beings. And it's holding a key to the shaft of the bottomless pit. The abyss. I have a question. Yeah. Is the great chain as in the thickness of the chain is great? Or is the length of the chain holding the key great? You're thinking of that trailer scene from Thor where he's doing this, aren't you? (laughs) I mean, no, but now I am. But no, I was just thinking of like, is, is is the chain great because of how strong it is? Or is it great because of how long it is? That way, in case you drop the key, you can pull it back from the bottomless pit because the chain is long enough that it'll it'll come back. Well, if it's on a chain, it doesn't matter how far you drop it because it'll only go the length of the chain. That's true, but it's a great chain. So is it great? Because wouldn't a greater the... chain be a shorter one in that scenario? Maybe. I don't know. This is this is like question of the. Okay. Of the term great. It's probably a chain of great significance. Likewise, we're in the abyss. We're in the, the uh, bottomless pit. And that is thought of kind of as like a... It's got connotations of like hell or the underworld or Hades or Tartarus. All these different spiritual geographical locations located under the earth in ancient cosmology. So, in their minds... This is in some ways kind of like a prison of sorts. So chains make sense to have in your mind as like something's bound there type thing. Likewise, when you do get to Revelation 20, uh, you're going to see that the angel seizes Satan, the dragon, and binds him for a thousand years and throws him in the pit. So the chain, again, has this idea of like ball and chain, you know, like you've been imprisoned sort of. So that's where the chain's going to go. So, But that also helps us now. We see like Satan's going to be in the abyss, right? The angel's going to throw him down there. But again, like is Revelation so often, like different themes come up a lot. Who's the angel right here? The fifth angel blows a trumpet. A spiritual being falls from heaven. He's given a key to the shaft to the bottomless pit. Is that... The angel that we're about to see later is just being retold again, or is this someone else? I mean, it could be either way, really. Okay, so yeah, this is this is the difficulty here because people are going to argue this both ways, and we know that one's got to be right because it's either a good guy or a bad guy. <laughs> you know, so it's like, which one is this? Any thoughts? Any leanings here? My guess is here the first time. The person with the keys is probably a bad guy coming to let loose 
the okay i'm gonna go back to my hercules here we've got hades coming up letting out the monsters and literally all hell breaks loose and then we have them come back again later except this time it's hercules or zeus with the key and they use it to lock them back up right so it could be along those lines where first we have a bad guy coming to unlock the door to let out the monsters and then we have a good guy coming back to shut them back in later. Titans. They're called Titans in Hercules. The yes, titans. the Titans. Thank you. The Titans in the Bible. Uh, titans in Greek mythology were located more in Tartarus. Tartarus does come mm -hmm. up in the Bible, but when you see the Titans of Tartarus, they're pictured as the sons of God that gave birth to the Nephilim. So the Bible has their own Titans locked up in Tartarus. That's weird. The Bible does its own play on Greek mythology of like, okay, you think that these these Greek titans are locked up in this specific place in the underworld. Well, in our mythology, those titans are the sons of God that messed everything up in Genesis 6. They've been locked up in the underworld. So, yeah, we do get Tartarus too. And this is the bottomless pit or known better in... in Greek terms is like the abyss. It's the underworld. So people are going to say it's just Hades, it's hell, it's Sheol, it's the underworld, but I mean, this might be kind of like Tartarus where it's like a specific location of the underworld. Uh, but yeah, I think altogether it makes most sense that it's just like the underworld in its fullness. It's, it's Hades. So let's keep going with it. It's going to help us. Well, actually, let's no, we're not. We're not ready to get going. I saw a star fallen from heaven to earth. What kind of feelings does that give you to help us discern if this is good or bad? Um, normally, when we're talking about spiritual beings and falling, it references something bad. So, unless it's Jesus coming down to try to help the world. You know, if the star in this case is considered Jesus, then it could be good. Yeah, I don't know that we have any connotations in the Bible of Jesus falling like a star, but we do have in Isaiah 14, it's a classic passage that the Jews often relied on for their understanding of, of kind of like Satan mythology. Actually, I don't even know. It might have been the Jews, at least throughout like medieval times. Uh, they found a lot of credit in this Isaiah passage for it being about Satan. So there's a passage in Isaiah where one star, a heavenly being, wants to usurp the highest and best star of the heavens, which in this Isaiah passage would be God, right? He's the he's a supreme spiritual being, the spiritual being of all spiritual beings. And so this star tries to go against him and as punishment, he gets kicked out of heaven and falls to the earth, but not just to the earth, under the earth. Jesus is likely referencing this passage. If you remember the phrase where Jesus says, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Uh, Jesus is likely leaning back on Isaiah 14 to say, just like he fell long ago when you went and cast out demons, he fell again. His kingdom is coming to, to an end, that type of thing. So with that passage in mind, uh, 
if John is referencing that right here, a star falling from heaven to earth, and then he's given a, a key to the shaft of the bottomless pit, the idea would essentially be that like Satan, he's a powerful being. Uh, he is, in many senses, I think the Bible kind of likens him to a little g god. He's not the god of gods by any means, but he's a powerful spiritual being. That powerful spiritual being has now been sentenced under the earth where the realm of the dead is. That makes sense that Satan is now kind of in charge of the realm of the dead. Why? Because he led all humanity into death. So he's kind of gotten the power of death by leading us to death. So now instead of living forever like we're supposed to in the Garden of Eden, we die. And therefore, who has the power of death? It's this one who led us into it, who was kicked out of heaven and now lives in the underworld where all humanity is destined to go unless they have Jesus. Right? I have a weird question. Yeah. Is, is Satan then the first person that ever faked it till he made it? As in he faked leading everyone <laughs> to death and then was given the power of death because he faked everyone into death. By uh, yeah, death. Satan's just the OG girl boss. <laughs> it's more like he led people to death and therefore holds the power of death. See, that just sounds like fake it till you make it. He was the first one to do it. But he, he failed. Act like you have that power until it's given to you. <laughs> yeah, and so, well, that's the thing. It's like the keys of death were therefore kind of delegated to Satan because that's what he like brought humanity into type thing. But the story of Jesus is that he goes into the underworld, right? And as we see in Revelation, he takes the keys of death from Satan and then goes back to heaven. So this is actually a time frame thing. The keys of death are no longer in the hands of this spiritual being who had them over the abyss. Those keys are now in Jesus' hand who holds the key to resurrection. That's why when Christians die, you know, we're allotted to the one with the keys of life and the keys of death. And he is able to let out whatever he wants from the underworld, from the abyss, to live on. So, if you're not catching it yet, clearly what I think is in this particular part of Revelation, we're looking at, at Satan being kicked out of heaven, falling to the earth, and then being given the power that he has now gotten. But Jesus is taking it back. We're just not at that part in Revelation yet. So. so it's a retelling of the story of how mm. things have happened. Yeah, and it's about to happen again, because John's chronology is all over the place. He's going to tell us a story of a dragon soon. And the story of the dragon is about a dragon in heaven that got kicked out of heaven and fell to the earth. It <laughs> mm. <That> sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah. So when we get to the angel of Revelation all the way at the end that is binding the dragon, clearly we're now telling a different story. But at this point... This point, we're looking at Satan and his forces, right? So I'll keep going. Uh, he opened the shaft of the abyss, the bottomless pit, and from the shaft rose smoke like the smoke of a great furnace, and the sun and air were darkened with the smoke from the shaft. Okay, we're kind of back into similar feelings of, uh, of Moses' time with the plagues, right? There's smoke, there's... Uh, um, what, what is the part with the smoke? In Moses' time, there's the he takes handfuls of soot and he throws it into the air and it becomes fine dust over the land of Egypt. So there's kind of like feelings of smoke, smoke in that. 
Or there's a fire-breathing dragon nearby. <laughs> Yeah, it's a different one, I think. <laughs> but we will get there. Uh, and then from the smoke came locusts on the earth. Locusts are one of the kind of plagues that we come across uh, with uh, Exodus. There's been a couple of, during 2020, I think there was a, oh, yeah, a killer yeah. swarm of locusts at once. Yeah, my... Uh, yeah, one of my great scholarly pastor friends who is reasonable about revelation, you know, not being the crazy stuff that people talk about. He studied it a ton and he made the joke during COVID. He's like, look, I think I understand revelation, <laughs> but the amount of things that keep happening during the pandemic that sound eerily familiar. <laughs> it's all these plagues and in, in revelation are like, do I understand revelation? <laughs> yeah. Uh, is, is it happening again? Is this stuff literal? What's going on? Uh, yeah, so then came from the smoke locusts on the earth. They were given power, like the power of scorpions on the earth. They were told not to harm the grass of the earth or any green plant or any tree, but only those, uh, but only those people who do not have the seal of God on their forehead. This is uh, this is a callback already in Revelation seven during the seals. They were told, do not harm the earth or the sea or the trees until we have sealed servants of God on their foreheads. So there's a callback. Again, you see the repetition between the seals and the plagues. Um, and it says what? What? It says, till they have sealed the servants of God on their foreheads. What Revelation 7.3, like, seals are something of authority. Okay. This thing belongs to me. So the seal, we did a whole video on seals. That's uh, uh, angels are like stamping the seal of God upon Christians. But what is the, the seal of God then? Well, it's like the ancient pe- uh, kings and stuff. Like you put a seal on your letter. It means don't tamper with this. This belongs to me. This is it going to be like a visible one? Well, no, I mean, it's symbolic. Okay. So the angels are symbolically you've been marked. There's the mark of the beast. And then there's the mark of God, the seal of God. So Christians sealed off. Um, but yeah, this this one's this one's similar here in seven three and in nine. We've got the seal of God on people's foreheads, and the locusts are oppressing everything. Uh, they were allowed to torment them for five months, but not to kill them. And their torment was like the torment of a scorpion when it stings someone. And in those days, people will seek death and will not find it. They will long to die, but death will flee from them. Comforting passage. Sounds great. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, as we as we see Satan sent to earth, under the earth, he has the key, he unlocks it, you have these demonic-like powers, these locusts, come out and start oppressing people. I mean, this is in many ways spiritual warfare. Some scholars might even take it and look at it as like, spiritual powers overseeing physical powers and leading them to oppress people. But I mean, spiritual demonic warfare, I think fits perfectly fine here as well. Basically just the realm of the underworld has been unlocked to oppress humanity, which is what we're going to see later when the dragon sent to earth, it says now the Christians need to be concerned because Satan's tick that he's lost. And now he's fighting God's people because he's on the earth. So 
yeah, you've got stuff like that going on here. Uh, any thoughts before we wrap up or anything? Nope. Okay. One thing I thought might be helpful to clarify, though, we look at this passage, and I feel like some people are just, I feel like those who go crazy with Revelation are just like, oh, even death's gone. So, like, people are going to jump off buildings, and they're going to hit the ground and just, like, get up and be like, well, that didn't work, you know. But, like, that, I don't think no, that's I feel the, like they would still say, ouch, that hurt. <laughs> okay. Like, yeah. Okay, because they're already in great pain is what Revelation says. But, like, the feeling that I feel like a lot of people do with this passage is just like, you won't be able to die. No matter what you do, supernaturally, you're just going to live until this time has passed. Have you ever... Well, like Captain Jack Harkness. That's what, what that? it's going to be like. Captain Jack? Is that what you said? Captain Jack Harkness. I know a Captain Jack Sparrow. What are we no, talking? Jack Harkness. So he's she's making a Doctor Who reference. Oh, oh okay. From Tenet's <laughs> era that... Uh, I mean, spoiler alert for Doctor Who, but he eventually lives, what is it, 8,000? He can't die. He, he gets, um... Is it 8,000 years or 100,000 years? Then he can't, he just can't die. He, he tries several times because he's confused on why he's alive. And now, you just, know the, the extent of where that ends it. up happening, right? He does eventually die. Well, yeah, but you don't need to say that many spoilers. Those spoilers are way past the point. Yeah, but that's like three seasons later, and it's been like six seasons ago. You're going too far. Yeah, but it's way past the point. <laughs> Casey just wants to do a spoilers now. That's, that's really... Casey just wants to talk about Doctor Who now. Right. <laughs> so, my point, though... <laughs> My point was, like, occasionally, um, have you ever met somebody who, like, they are very, very sick, they kind of seem like, it seems like death is an in inevitable, like they're not going to get better, and they're so sick that they wish they would just, God would just take them now, but they seem to keep going. Yeah. You've at least heard stories like that. I would assume that that's kind of what this thing is like. People are being tormented. It seems like inevitable that they're going to pass. I mean, I feel like I've even seen this with COVID where I run into people who are so far down. I mean, I remember praying with one person in the hospital who's on a breathing machine. Every breath was just agony. And they kept trying to pull it out. And they know if they pull that out, like, they're gone. You're yeah. gone. You have to be on that. And you just almost sense like they just wanted to go you know like that is kind of dark stuff to, to be end talking up. about but like i use that as an example here is like there's this deep satanic oppression where people are just like i wish i could go but life is still here death is fleeing from me rather than go the weird supernatural route where it's like one day people will just keep living. I, I would sense that this is more like a a deep like pain that people can't escape from. And, you know, maybe it will go maybe it finally will let up. It, it didn't it didn't say that they would in in those days people will seek death and not find it. They will long to die, but death will flee from them. There's actually a possibility here that because there is a time frame, they're tormented for five months. Uh when that time frame leaves up, 
some of them would walk out of it, which is also what we've seen with COVID. I don't know if you met people who like were on the respirator for so long, like weeks, and we just thought we were going to lose them. And as we kept praying, they came out the other side with life, right? So I, I would liken this pain right here to something like that. And just to clarify, I did not say that COVID is a fulfillment of this passage. I was using it as an analogy. Uh -huh. This is YouTube, so I have to clarify things uh -huh. like that. Because the sort of comments that we get are always... In I think this and many things in Revelation has been fulfilled many times over. You know, you could say cancer is a fulfillment of this prophecy. There's a lot of sicknesses you could say were a fulfillment of this prophecy. So. Yeah, yeah I think that's a good point. We've, we've all seen this. Death is a part of the enemy. Death is a part of this star falling from heaven. It's related to him. What happens when that, that person reigning over death sends out all of his locusts, all of his demons from the underworld. People deal with death and it's painful, right? Uh, so that all kind of fits very well into the world that we already know um, before we mystify this into something just insane. You know? So, Though at the same time, this could be referencing something to come that is really serious. Uh, a part of the cycle, like Olivia just said, and one day like an ultimate part of that cycle that hits that's hard to get around. So time will tell with that. Uh, but as far as that goes, that is the fifth angel blowing its trumpet. Uh, we've got two more to go before we uh, make our way into chapter 10. And uh, yeah, that's, that's how it works. So catch up with us next time and... Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe down below. <laughs> and uh, yeah, let's hear your comments down below what you think. She is Jaden crazy? Am I crazy? That. You're supposed to say join us on the Discord. Oh yeah, that's what I'm supposed to say. Join us at the Discord. Put your comments at the Discord. Or that too. You yeah. both had one job. Just one job every time. Jamin doesn't have the power to shush me. It's, it's the face of Bo. The face of Bo!